Hello and welcome back to another episode of For the Love of a Franchise, where we review um, some of the major franchises throughout cinematic history. And we are moving on from science fiction and fantasy into a little bit more real life um, and an 80s action um, franchise um, starring a guy who is actually an Oscar winner, which is actually very unusual for, for an 80s action hero. Um, Tony and myself reviewed the film um, that he won his Oscar for not long ago on uh, And the Winner Is. Um, but we're, we're touching another one of his, his franchises from, um, from early in his career, um, which has continued throughout his career. Um, and we're talking Sylvester Stallone, and we will be reviewing Rambo for our new, um, new set of films for the next few months. Um, so joining me, as always, is Josh. Evening. And Tony. Hello. Thank you, boys, and thank you for your, your hard work over the, the last year um, with your franchises. Um, we've had a, had a great time talking um, through those two sets of films um, over the, the I, I last just, year or so. <laughs> I'm just relishing the fact I've got about seven months off now. <laughs> <laughs> Still got to pick something, though. <laughs> And I'm, I'm, I'm just dating that at the minute. I've got, I, I tend to look at my shelf first to see what might be next. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, as I said, we are talking the first in the Rambo franchise, um, which is Rambo First Blood. Um, as I said, starring Sylvester Stallone, um, who will go on to play Rambo um, throughout the last four decades um, in various guises. Uh, over the years, some very different films later on uh, in the franchise, which we will be reviewing in the new year. But um, for our November episode, um, we are talking First Blood. So let's dive in. Um, I've not got that many notes. We've just just discussed it. It's not a very long film, and it, it is quite a hard watch and hard to, mm. to make notes at times. Yeah. Um, well, I just thought I'd offer up to start with just a bit of background as to I mean, how I'd come to this film. Because I've, this was a film, this I think was probably one of the first couple of VHSs me and my dad rented from Radio Rentals back in the 80s. <laughs> I've got this weird memory of we rented this uh, and Champion starring John Hurt the same weekend. <laughs> you couldn't get too much more different films. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. They're very, very different films. Uh, and Josh, I know this was your your first watch. I know yeah, you've... Um... Yeah, I, I kind of came to this franchise um, because I met these two fellas uh, five years ago. And over the five years, we kind of like floated this idea of doing a couple of podcasts between us. And one day, this one of the fellas turned to me and said, let's do Rambo. And I was like, I've never seen Rambo. So uh, go ahead. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah. Uh, and for me, it's one of those films I've touched upon it um, across various different podcasts that my kind of my movie taste came from my oldest brother, who's 20 years older than me. Um, and we definitely went through the 80s and the early 90s maybe in an early 80s baby by the time it got to the early 90s I was kind of watching the films that he was watching um and he went through this whole spate of of these 
major 80s action heroes, Sly, as we're touching on here, Arnie, Jean-Claude Van Damme, uh, and the likes of, of those guys, where he would literally watch anything they were in. Like, mm. he watched, like, Raw Deal with Arnie and, like, the documentary about him being a bodybuilder and stuff like that. So I kind of brought up on on these films. And, um, yeah, Rambo was definitely one of those ones that I kind of remember. I don't really remember the film from back then, but I kind of had recollections of the character, how he looked and and things like that. And mm. obviously over the years, I've kind of gone back to those. Um, and Rambo's not one that I've seen for a, for a while, but it was kind of like, I'd really enjoyed what, watching Rocky back not long ago. Uh, and then obviously we reviewed it over on And The Winner Is. Um, and I yeah. just thought, you know what? Let's do something different. Um, we've obviously done science fiction and fantasy over the first two um, sets of reviews on, on this show. And I just thought, let's, let's do something a little bit different and pick someone that I clearly enjoy watching their performances from, from back then. But mm. on a franchise that I probably haven't watched quite as much as I should do. Um, yeah. And that's why I picked it. Um, just something, something different to what we we'd done previously, and and gave me an excuse to go back and watch some films that I needed to watch a bit more. Um, so yeah, that was just my reasoning for for picking it. Um, so jumping into the film itself, I, I thought the the opening of the film was really beautiful. Um, the the setting is is lovely. Um, and with yeah, uh, Jerry yeah. Goldsmith's score over the top uh, of it, yeah, as well. As well, um, we've established before one of my favourite movie composers. So just sucks me straight in straight away when those yeah. opening bars kick in. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely. I I love that opening. It's a it's a very sparse opening as well. It's not really what mm. you'd expect from an eighties mm. action film. Well, yeah, all. I mean, as I as I said, like I came into this completely blind, and I had no idea what to expect. But that opening was not at all what I expected. I fully expected like um, PTSD flashbacks to Vietnam and shit like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it, yeah, it's it's very sparse um, and not much to it. But on that note, that cop is a right dick. Oh, he's a twat, isn't he? I, and it's I hate horrible. Weird, but do you know what? Though, in fairness, when he first came on the on the screen, I thought, do you know what? He might be quite sad. He might be like Rambo's mate who gets killed halfway through the film, and that like that's when Rambo goes full on like ah with a gun and just like killing every fucker in front of him. Yeah. But like, no, I mean... the fact that like if you think about it, he technically takes pity on Rambo and thinks, do you know what? I know for a fact that if he walks right up Main Street of this town, he's gonna get lynched. So I'll stick him in the car, I'll drive him to the edge of the town and I'll just send him on his way so that he doesn't yeah. get hurt. But yeah. it's the fact and that's that... That's not like, really what he's after at all. He just no, doesn't no. want to deal with him. Yeah, he, oh, it's, he's an arsehole. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's, but the only thing is, Dennis, he is so good in that role. He's just You just yeah. really want to punch him so much. because Basically, yeah. everything that happens in the next 90 minutes is all down to him. It's his yeah. fault yeah. for being a tour. It, it really is. It's, it sets sets Rambo on uh, a journey that he probably wouldn't have been on if they'd just left him alone. Yeah, um, yeah. I, and it's just the whole treatment of a veteran. So, yeah. it's so awful. And that's the thing I didn't get, because I had to get my dad to explain this to me, because I always, like, viewed America, I mean, as a an outsider looking in, I always viewed them as a people who were, no matter, like 
where they come from, what state they come from. If you're a veteran, you're a, you're respected across all fifty, yeah. 50 yeah, odd states. The problem was that they they lost Vietnam effectively, and so the vets were a reminder of, of a conflict where they got their arses kicked effectively. Well, see, see that's the th- that's the bit I didn't understand because I always, again, as an outsider looking in, always thought that in respect of Vietnam, even though they lost that war and lost it very fucking poorly, I always mm. thought they still would have said to their veterans from that war, do you know what, you did your best, but and they'd have like come up with some racial slayer saying those those damn Vietnamese um, mm. like were just too yeah. good or something like that. And you, and you had a lot of peace peace movements and stuff as well, as he mentions in the film later on about them being baby killers and stuff because yeah. they, they would just drop napalm in left, right and centre and kill anything that moved. Um, and, and there was this disdain effectively to to a lot of them um and i guess that that's one of the themes of the film so, so. yeah yeah and kind of touching on that like the flashback stuff really plays in quite well yeah um, mm. yeah when they're trying to shave him from oh yeah hate that, yeah i hate that bit it's uncomfortable yeah <laughs> uh, and, and talking kind of that it's really quite a nuanced performance from stallone it's really not what you expect from him at no. all not at all, no. Yeah. Um, and it is very different, obviously, to, to Rocky as well. Um, like, Rocky is obviously troubled, but for very different reasons and and kind of feels comfortable with himself despite mm. those troubles, whereas John clearly is not comfortable with with what he's been through and and what it's, it's caused him and what it's still causing him. Um. And I really, I really do like Stallone's performance in this. While I love Rocky, this is, this is a different type of performance and, and possibly a better one. I was that was um, going to yeah. be my next question. Would you say it's better? I would say, yeah. In general, this certainly this first film, I think it's probably a better performance than than he puts in as as Rocky across any of the films. Um, mm. Though I actually quite like some of his performances in Creed. I think his performances there have been great as well um, in later life. Um, but moving away from Stallone, the, the bike and car stunts are, are really well done, considering there was no CGI. Yeah. Um, they yeah, are that, done really well. That opening chase sequence is fantastic. That first chase sequence is fantastic. From the minute he knocks yeah. the bloke off his motorbike, <laughs> yeah, <run> away. Yeah. <laughs> really, really do, do like that. Um, and I'm, it's quite surprising because the first 30 minutes are quite energetic. Mm. There's, a, there's a lot of action to it, which you don't yeah. expect so early on in the film. And then the film changes and it slows down because yeah. a lot of yeah, it's, it's him by moment. himself mm. uh, as you get later on into the film. Um, but that first 30 minutes really is action packed and it does set up the story really quickly. Um, yeah. Do you get the meat of what's going on? Um, straight away um, which I, I love it, it's a, a really I think a lot of blockbusters these days are overly long um, whereas this one actually felt perfectly paced despite it being quite short yeah it packs a lot mm. like not just story wise but like visually as well yeah um, but it yeah. works I never, oh, yeah, I never felt like it, it was skipping anything um, whereas even when we've had two and a half hour long films, sometimes it feels like 
they've padded it, but there was things they could have put in that wouldn't have been padding. Whereas this mm-hmm. is perfectly paced and has everything you need to it. Um, yeah. T- touching on things that are nasty when he stitches his arm up. Oh, oh Jesus. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it, that's just nasty. It, and it, is, it becomes quite brutal quite quickly. Um, but it does, that, it does make a lot of sense. Sequence. The helicopter and tree falling sequences oh, makes me wince every time. <laughs> oh. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and it does kind of become like a horror movie. Yeah, in the middle yeah. of it, with him being chased down. Um, it's just, it does feel like they could could have quite clearly just tweaked it a little bit, and had it be like a Michael Myers film. <laughs> but also, he be- he becomes effectively the Michael Myers in the middle bit of the film, yeah. doesn't he? Yeah, he uh, does once you realise what he's the, doing. Especially the poor ginger-haired kid who is sort of on his side, and he still ends up getting one in the neck, in the thigh. <laughs> yeah. Does anyone notice like, who that guy thigh. is? Yeah, it's um David um Caruso. Yeah, from CSI Miami. What a dude! Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, uh... the, guy who, the guy who can never decide whether he wants his sunglasses on or off. <laughs> he does he does do that a lot doesn't he <laughs> um, but yeah I, I think it's a great portrayal throughout it of PTSD um, I think it's touching on Stallone again I, I think he really does sell sell that side of it um, throughout the film um, and I thought mm. the bleakness of the setting really adds to the feeling of loneliness and being lost yeah because it really yeah. is bleak. as well isn't it it's that yeah yeah yeah, I, I love the the setting. I don't think it would have worked if you if you'd have put it in a city or or something like that. It it works really well. It gives them the opportunity to see his descent. Like obviously he's got problems at the start, but it, it descends further and further yeah. as we get into the, the film. The more he's chased down, the more he kills people, it it drives him even further um away from feeling any kind of remorse or, or anything like that. Um, I, and I said, I find myself really engrossed in it. It, it kept me, kept my brain ticking over the whole time. Yeah, because mm. it makes you think like, oh, what is he going to do next? Is, is he actually yeah. like going to surrender? Or Because it does actually give you a feeling that if they'd have carried on, it would have been like in um, a lot of video games from like the early noughties where the more violence and the more um, explosions and stuff you caused in one of those sandbox games, like G- like Grand Theft Auto, for example, the more people you killed, then like then the police come out. If you kill enough police uh, officers, then the army start coming and you get the higher wanted level. That's basically what Rambo yeah. is. Yeah, it's a massive definitely. Grand Theft Auto wanted level film. It's, it's an interesting, then the, the story sort of takes another turn, of course, when Trackman turns up. And that's a wonderful scene. Now you just hear this voice in the background that, that sort of talks about making him. And, and then, yeah. then the camera swings around and there's Trackman in the sort of in the doorway in his metric gear. And then you get the story takes off in another direction slightly. Yeah, definitely. And it, it's, it's quite intense what he puts himself through to survive. Mm. Yeah. Just to keep going. Um, is is such hard work for for someone like that, um, and I'm kind of coming towards the end of my notes because it does 
just become this cat and mouse game throughout the, the film and seeing yeah. how it affects him. Um, it really does yeah, paint a great just, picture yeah, of how... Like that <laughs> the mind works of a guy like that, yeah. Yeah, it, it really um, does paint a picture of how a veteran can be affected um, by like, what he's seen. I like how he... I like how it intercuts between him and, and searches and stuff and the sort of the sparring between Trackman and Teasel. Uh, and Teasel just, he just sent me every new scene. He's more and more of a dick and he won't turn it over to the National Guard. He, he tries to judge Trackman for the way that they, these soldiers went do Lally. And uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I wanted Trackman to punch him at one point. <laughs> Put him on his arms. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. And, and that really is everything I've got, it's just how painful must it be to go through this, and, and Stallone really sells it at the end, when he, he does fully go into breakdown mode um, when yeah, they catch him. Heartbreaking. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. And again, there's an interesting bit there with Trackman, with, uh, and Richard Krenner plays it really well, where he's sort of very uncomfortable, he's putting his arm around Rambo, Yeah. And, and there's this real militaristic feel to him in that moment, and it just shows how cold the military can be. Uh, yeah. They brought these guys home and just didn't really know how to deal with them themselves. Um, yeah. I suppose that we should just mention, of course, that if you, if you, there is an alternate ending to that. Where they, yeah, yeah I believe so. I didn't actually get a chance to check it out. And Well, effectively, basically, it, it plays out very much the same, but it gets to a point where he wants him to shoot him, and, and Rambo basically pulls the trigger on himself. Oh, um, really? If you watch it back, uh, I think he's on YouTube as well. I can understand why they, and I believe it might have been the ending from the book, um, which I do want to read at some point. Um, but for me, it doesn't work as well as the one that we actually got in the, in the release version. Yeah, the end really does why work. It's there. Yeah. Uh, and also, we get that wonderful 80s power ballad freeze frame to finish the film. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> got a lot of those in the 80s. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Definitely. And then, of course, Jerry's Jerry's theme tune has got lyrics to it at this point now, because they wrote the song for it, and the song actually works quite well, I think, as well with that tune. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to wind Josh up as well at this point and remind you: this is technically a Christmas movie. Oh. <laughs> I'm not having the hard argument with you again. <laughs> <laughs> All is things Christmas? Christmas this time. Yeah. Oh, Christmas. Yeah, it's a Merry Christmas for the residents of that time when he blows half of it up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. Yes, yeah, so there is a Christmas tree in the PlayStation. Oh, yeah, so that makes <laughs> it a fucking Christmas film. Oh, don't get me <laughs> <laughs> Although we all know that Die Hard is a Christmas film. So there we go. But, uh, I'm going. I'm going. So we're not getting any thoughts on the film from Josh. Just everything you've heard so far. Uh, I'm going. He's, uh, he's gone. Um, that's it. Tony, yeah, have I'm... you got anything else to add? <laughs> no, I just made I think I say this. This stone's really good, isn't it? It's, it's, it's until uh, one of the later films, it's the best one that he's done and the best one he's in. And, and it's a really interesting performance. Very different from Rocky from a few years before. One that I did make, because I think this came out in 82. Um, the year before, he was in Escape to Victory. You couldn't get too much more different films within a no. year or so. No, definitely I think not. that came out in 81. So he must have gone from shooting that to shooting this at some point. 
<laughs> yeah. You couldn't get two more different projects. No, definitely not. Uh, That's... <laughs> but um, yeah, I thought it's just a film I've come back to before a few times. I saw it first on VHS. Uh, it's a really good early eighties actioner because, uh, and it's it's more of an action thriller drama, isn't it? Because there's, there's a lot of different elements in there that all yeah. come together quite well. Uh, you've got a villain that you want to boo hiss. Um, he believes he's right, but he's a complete dick. Yeah. Uh, you've got a nasty second in command copper who just who gets what he deserves when he falls out the helicopter. Yeah. You've got David Caruso in, in his probably monster in his first role. You've got Jerry Goldsmith's score, which is great. Great cinematography. Um, and I, it's a really good example of, of 80s actioners. Um, um, for me, I mean, score-wise, i got to put it probably oh, 80, 81, 82, 82 perhaps. Yeah. yeah. And Josh, are you still with us or have you um, you've just given up on Christmas? No, no, I'm, I'm here. I, I wanna, I wanna uh, give some thoughts because you know this isn't a Christmas film. Um, but <laughs> um, no, I. Do you know what? I'm watching this through, um, like first time viewers' eyes. So I could go back and watch this again in, you know, maybe five years' time and say and pick it apart. But do you know what? As a first time watch, I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it, and I'm not gonna like. Based on that, I'm not going to go like into the 90s, but I am going to go into the really high 80s of like an 88, something like that. Um, Because it is just a fantastic metaphor for how, and it's not just limited to America, but it's how countries treat their veterans because it's not just a thing that happens in America, it happens here as well because they come home from the war, they've done a, a great service to the country, they've sometimes followed orders blindly in the case of America and Vietnam, us in the First World War. Many other countries as well have probably done the same in other wars, but um, those people have gone into those conflicts genuinely thinking they're doing the best thing that is in the best interest of the people of their own country. And it just so happens that that wasn't the right decision. And when they come home, rather than saying to them, yeah, do you know what? You shouldn't have gone off to the war, but thank you for fighting anyway because you did what you thought was right. We want to give something back to you. They're just shat on from a great height. Yeah. And yeah. this film is a fantastic metaphor for something that yeah. didn't just happen in the 80s following the aftermath of Vietnam. It still goes on to this day with the likes of Afghanistan just coming to an end, Iraq, etc. Yeah. I guess that was the, the aim of David Morrell's book in the first place was to be yeah. a commentary on the on the yeah. whole thing. And that's and that's the works. kind of films that I love to watch. I even love it when you see it in TV. I love things that are a, a really poignant social commentary. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's the the real point, isn't it? That this does mm. feel like it's real. Yeah. That, like that feels to me like that could have happened in middle America in the 80s if a, a Vietnam vet was pushed that far because the guerrilla warfare they probably experienced during their time there would have been so brutal. I mean, Forrest Gump did not do the guerrilla warfare any justice at all. No. Um, but I, I think even in 
in Rambo, although obviously it's set in middle America and it is one man against the town, you get a sense that it's actually flipping the Vietnam conflict on its head in that John Rambo becomes the VC in that scenario because he uses his environment to his advantage and fucks that town up. Because yeah. that is all that the VC had during that conflict was the, the the trees around them to cover them and the ground beneath their feet to hide in and all kinds. And that's what Rambo uses, whereas the the sheriff's departments and the, the entire town basically just rely on generic guns. Yeah. And, and they get their asses handed to them. Yeah. Yeah, definitely, uh, and I, that is its, its major selling point is that it it has this real world feel to it, and you can imagine that's what they they've been through and and things like that. And yeah, I think, and I think that's possibly where the series loses its way in in its later films. And obviously, we're we're going to touch on that um, as we get to them. But yeah, I think this this very much had that fresh take of of feeling real. Um, to everybody that was watching it, as well as the people that were involved in it. Um, so I think that leaves it for me to give my score. And I'm, I'm probably going to go smack bang in the middle and go eight to five. Fair play. Um, yep. Just because, again, I, I really enjoyed watching it again. And as I said, I have more memories of watching this one than some of the, the later ones, some of the sequels, um, until you get to that last one, um, which obviously I've seen in more recent years because it is fairly fairly new. Um, but yeah, I think I think we all enjoyed that, and I think it's a it's a great way to start a new franchise for us. Yeah, yeah. Um, so thank you again, boys, for for joining me. No worries. As always, it's a pleasure. Um, we will be back in December um, with Rambo uh, First Blood Part 2. Um, the the sequel that keeps the same name, despite it being a subtitle. I always found that strange. Um, but yeah, we will be back with, with Part 2 in December as our, as our Christmas episode. So we're going to have to put some Christmas music in it just for Josh to make it a Christmas episode. Well, it's a Christmas episode, so I'll accept that. <laughs> but what if there's nothing to do with Christmas in it? In the episode or the film? In the episode. What if it's just... It, it, no, it's... The it's, Christmas episode. <coughs> let me... I'll get back. <laughs> and on that note, Thank you, everybody, for listening, and we will see you at Christmas. Rambo is not a Christmas film. Yes, it is.